What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-hosts Jack Manis and Andrew Treffler. Welcome back to another episode. Week two in the books. Another exciting week full of twists and turns. Uh, Tua looked like Aaron Rodgers. Other quarterbacks didn't perform well. I didn't know where I was going with that. I like Um, it. Jalen Hurts had i mean we're gonna get to him in a second here but he had like 30 fantasy points in halftime another fantastic night for the eagles um so our i I assume shref's eagles ran of the week is going to be a much better much optimistic tune as opposed to early 2021 late 2020 eagles rants of the week so it's going to be like night and day compared to that anyway we have a jam-packed episode for you uh, today, Hogline Nation. Um, of course, we're going to talk about the Eagles and the Steelers. Lots to talk about with the Steelers. Um, close game, but n- not necessarily the most exciting offensive fireworks game on either side there. Uh, and just going to recap the week. And of course, we're going to get to locks at the end. And gonna see, these these two are going to have to apologize to me. So we'll... Um, We'll get to that later at the end of the show. But before we get to the Eagles around the week, anything you guys want to say? In general? No. Apologies? Anything? No, no apologies. Certainly not. Certainly not that. Never. Okay. Certainly not that. You, 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 you uh, aren't coming around to the fact that nine games was too small of a sample size? Oh. No? Okay. All right. So he's going to continue. He's going to continue to go nine. He's going to continue to go ninety percent cover rate for the rest of his career. Yep. Breaking us. There's still there's still plenty of games left for him to for him to do his job. All right, all right. We'll see. We'll see. If you don't know what we're talking about, Hogline Nation, please listen to the last like eight minutes of the our previous episode, and you will find out how these two are. You know, they're not saying much because they're they're a little they're being humbled. Um. Anyway, Shreff. Okay. Yeah, you don't get to talk. It's not your segment. <laughs> I was gonna. I was. I. I'm blaming it on the opposing quarterback situation. What? Trey Lance getting hurt is didn't in count. Fav- the game. The game didn't count. You think Jimmy Garoppolo is an upgrade? Game didn't count. Okay. 
I don't, I don't, I don't think the line would have shifted if they knew Jimmy was going to be the quarterback going into the game. But that's what I think it might have shifted. I, I, I think it might have shifted uh, more, more points to the Niners. I don't know. Eagles, they win. What was it? Is it twenty-four to seven? Right, it's twenty-four to seven. That is correct. I mean, you must have been. The only other people that were happier last night were Bills fans, I assume, than you, because they <laughs> that was crazy, forty-one to seven. But, um, Shref, I assume it was a, a great night. Tell us about it. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, week two, so I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna be making any outlandish statements uh, today. Give me like give me like three or four weeks, and we'll see how how big the ego starts getting. But um, Lions game, everyone was like, offense looked good, defense looked very bad. Uh, and didn't feel like it should have been that close. So I think a lot of people were like, eh, Vikings going to be a, a, a really good matchup for them. Let's see what happens. Um, my word of the day for this game was domination. Uh, mm. um, so to start, I think the natural place to start is going to be with Jalen Hurts. Um, I said last week that I thought he won them the game. That was the first time that I think I've said that about him. And what does he do to back that up? He comes out and has, I would say, Pretty unanimously the best game of his career to date. Um, I heard, I think we talked about it last week. We were saying how Hertz isn't going to be one of those guys that's going to be completing 70% of passes. Uh, he was 26 of 31 or 333 passing yards and a touchdown. And on top of that, he still did what uh, he does best, uh, 11 rushes for 57 yards and two touchdowns, including – and bo- both of those touchdown runs were – should not – I mean – that first one I was saying in my group chat uh, with some of my uh, home Eagles friends, that like inside cut that he does, and he kind of gets out and then brings it back in. That is that's a cheat code. I, I don't think I've ever seen a guy uh, be able to stop that so far. But he's that, and then he has that uh, like running back esque run on that second one where he just kind of go down, refused to go down. Um, he looked really decisive the whole night, made really good throws all night. His best throw of the night might have been one that didn't count with that penalty where he rolled out to his uh, left and kind of turned his body and threw like a 30-yard dot to Quez on the sideline. Um, really good throws all night. Extended the play when he needed to. Uh, I do want to shout out the Vikings. Uh, Aikman kind of said it throughout the night, but they were playing that, uh, that, that shell defense. And pretty much the whole night, Hertz was just kind of finding those weak spots in the coverage. Um, and we talked about it last week, but... He spread the ball around a lot more. You had Goddard, five catches for 80 yards. Smith, seven catches for 80 yards. Quez had two catches, but one was a a deep bomb for a touchdown. And then even A.J. Brown still had five catches for 70 yards as well. Um, And then even then, the running game, still efficient. Um, Miles Sanders, looking like a a fantasy steal. Didn't put up like the the stats last night that you'd look for, but the usage is there. Um, He seems like he's kind of the, the workhorse of this backfield. Austin Scott and Gainwell are still getting touches, but you're seeing Sanders out there for a majority of the plays. So, I mean, the offense, there was absolutely nothing to complain about. Definitely, uh, you know, the second half, a, a, a few too many penalties on the O-line, but, I mean, overall, they were in complete control that whole game. They were able to establish drives the whole game. I was very impressed with everything. Um, and now we'll move to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, definitely the big question mark heading into this week. They looked uh, just... Bad against the run, bad against the pass last week against the Lions. Uh, Gannon was kind of coming under fire a little, and he responded in probably the best way possible that I that I could really imagine. Um, obviously led by Darius Slay, 
who uh, I, I I tweeted this the other night, but um, I feel like he's uh, kind of reminding people that he's still a, a top corner in the league. Um, and up against arguably the best receiver in the league in Justin Jefferson and uh, had him blocked the entire night. Two interceptions, but like you, you could say he could have had six interceptions last night. That's like not exaggerating at all. Um, Kirk was was not good, but that I mean, yeah, he made a few dumb decisions, but also I mean the Eagles' defensive line was on him all night. It was uh, pretty rare for him to have time to throw. Um, something that I think a lot of Eagles fans were hoping for was them kind of getting back to getting after the quarterback. I think we remember like the the Super Bowl year. You had Cox and Graham getting like Chris Long, everyone getting after the quarterback uh, really frequently, and that's what kind of led to all those turnovers that year. And that's exactly what we saw again tonight. So or last night. Um, so really impressed with both sides of the ball. Uh, and then I also want to give a shout out to TJ Edwards, um, their linebacker, who linebacker was obviously a question mark kind of the last couple of years and tackles last night. And I mean, every time I saw him, it looked like he was moving at a million miles per hour. So just seeing this whole defense kind of playing hard and just uh, downhill getting to the ball carriers, it's, it was a treat to see and very promising into what seems to be a pretty easy stretch of games for these next like four or five weeks here so overall yeah domination yeah it really was i mean on that i just want to go back to jalen hurts in particular his second rushing touchdown yeah i mean you guys can maybe bring up names if you if you think but i i don't think there's any other quarterback that can make that touchdown i would say i don't think i think josh uh, might be might be it though that might be it because I don't think Lamar or Kyler, for as good as rushers that, as they can be, I don't think that they're going to be able to break last, the tackles and have the like, power that, that last like six yards was him just dragging that guy on his back. Yeah, right. So very few, if any, could make that play. Uh, Darius Slay was great. I thought it was going to be a guarantee that Justin Jefferson. I mean, I thought he's probably going to get a hundred yards every game this year. Yeah. So. Um, for him to be, what did he end up having? Like forty or fifty yards or something like, like that. Fifty and like, yeah, like he, honestly, like he got targeted a lot. But even on the catches that he did have, they were like they weren't giving up those deep plays. They weren't getting fooled by all the motion they had him in. And then also, to be fair, Kirk Kirk missed him a couple times on not even just that like interception to slay, but a few where like it was like pretty much just looking the wrong way through to the wrong guy while Jefferson was kind of wide open on the other side of the field. So. A mix of just really good defense by Slay and also poor decision making from Kirk throughout the night as well. I think Kirk's record that brings him to I think two and ten on Monday Night Football or something like that. Is that is that is that two and ten or is that correct? Yeah, it's or two it, and ten okay. now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, I think that's the worst record Monday Night Football history min- minimum of ten starts. So I don't, I, I feel like that part of that has to be mental. Definitely. Because, because like how how could he be like oh an above average quarterback? Other than that, but like for some reason he's just so bad on money. Like that has to be mental. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like I I was just um think like everyone at least me was on both sides of the ball for them defense and offense. You were just like waiting for them to change something and like try something new. And the entire game, they just didn't. I said it about that shell defense. They, they just all their corners and safeties just played back the entire game, and they let Hertz just drive his way down the field, throw into everyone. Everyone was open at every time. 
And on offense, just no, I mean, they, I'm not saying they were, they ran the same plays, but like the Eagles were just kept sending pressure and they just could not find a way to beat it at all the entire night. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, great game for the Eagles. Very well-rounded, like you, like you mentioned there. So, um, and looking ahead, you got the commanders, Jaguars, Cardinals. uh, I know Cardinals Steelers. are in there. Steelers um, are in a, I think week eight. So okay. I think I want to say Dallas might be mixed in there somewhere too. Yeah. And who knows if Dak's back by then. So yeah. definitely have an opportunity to rattle off some, even more wins and uh, I think, gain like, some ground. Looking early on, looking at the schedule, I think everyone said that this this Vikings game was kind of going to be their big challenge early on, and they passed with flying colors. Exactly. Um, anything else that you want to say on the on the Eagles, Jack? Before we move on to the Steelers. Um, no, Jalen Hurts coming out party, and he really, really proved himself to me last night. And Eagles. I they're legit contenders. No team in the NFC looks better than them. Now uh, th- th- that's part of it too. The NFC looks wide open, especially after this week. Exactly. All right. Also, yeah, I do want to mention. I, so I think this is maybe a year ago, something like that. A year and a half ago. I don't know. I don't quite remember the exact timeline. I traded uh, Jalen Hurt. This is in a one quarterback league in Dynasty, not Superflex. Obviously, that would have changed everything if I if it was the Superflex League. In one quarterback, I traded Jalen Hurts for the 2.4, and that ended up being Trevor Lawrence, and I felt really good about that at the time. But, you know, I in hindsight, I've subsequently traded Trevor Lawrence, too. Um, I think it was either during last season or right at the end. So I don't even have him anyway at this point, but, you know, I felt really good about it at the time. Um, but not now. So that, that doesn't look like a good trade in hindsight. Just wanted to you know, call back to that. Steelers fell to the New England Patriots in the home opener, seventeen to fourteen. Um, I will let Jack. You can have the first word on our performance from this Sunday. It was a close game, as I mentioned at the top of the show, but yeah, it just. It, I don't know. I felt I didn't feel really in control at any point in the game, to be honest. But go ahead. Uh, I think we have three most glaring shortcomings. And I want to hear your percentage of blame on these three. I know my percentage breakdown. Sure. Um, Offensive coordinator, offensive line, quarterback play. Hmm. I I I think I have my blame, too. Okay, sure. If, uh, after me, yeah, give yours, and then Jack can give what he thinks. Yeah. So you said Canada, the O line, and Trubisky. I'm gonna say. Hmm. I'm gonna make sure that all of my percentages add up to a hundred here. <laughs> uh. Forty. Uh, we'll start at 20% offensive line. Okay. 35% Trubisky, 45% of Canada. I was going to say 50% Canada, 30% O-line, 20% Trubisky. 50 Canada, 30 Trubisky, 20 O-line. 
guys. So we're all yeah. relatively uh, around the same mark. Half, 25-25. Y'all yeah. agree on the main point. Canada, our offensive coordinator has been definitely the issue. Um, I thought he did a fine job in week one. Really, or somewhat opened up the playbook, in quotes. Which I, it was kind of like the story of this offseason. Now that Ben's gone, we have mobile quarterbacks. Um, like there were... Um, in week two, I didn't see that. I would have. The. This seems like a, a critique of a lot of NFL fans when watching their team, but I wish we had more gimmicky plays, uh, like jet sweeps. For just for an example, like we had, Claypool had six rushes in week one, almost like forty yards, I think, and we the jet sweep just went away this week. We had one to Gunnar Olszewski and ran it once, eighteen yards. Like it works if you throw those in there. Um, I think the most glaring uh, issue of his play calling or just of our scheme as a whole, we are not utilizing the middle of the field whatsoever. Yeah, there were nope. so many so many tweets where you see a wide open like Fryermuth or someone right in the middle. Yeah. And Trubisky's just not looking for that. It's, I don't, yeah, I don't know if that in particularly, well, I think that is more so Canada not calling plays for that. So I dug deep on the stats for this, and I'm going to try my best to articulate it, and hopefully it makes sense to you guys. Um, Steelers have attempted 71 pass plays through two weeks. And of those 71 pass attempts, five pass attempts have been 10-plus yards in between the numbers on the field. So think of the numbers on a football field. In between that, so that's like a majority of the field. Like, what's the distance between the the numbers and the sideline? Like, five, seven yards, maybe. I don't know, five yards. That's a huge por- portion of the field. Ten plus. I'll say it again. Five passes of ten plus air yards that are in between the numbers. That's seven percent. I wanted to see how that stacked up against the uh, against the league average. I took this from Mitch Trubisky's passing charts, and I looked at five other quarterbacks' passing charts. Average about twenty percent, and we're at seven percent. So it's it's very very drastic how how much we're not using the middle of the field, and I really do think that's play calling because our players have, if you read between the lines, are saying are kind of saying that this is on the play calling. I have quotes here. Deontay Johnson after the game. We have to call the right plays to get down the field in the right ways. Chase Claypool, we can only do what they tell us to do and execute it. Mr. Risky, when asked about not using the middle of the field, he says we need to call concepts to get receivers there. Um, now, I don't want to talk only about how poor the play calling is. Trubisky had a mediocre to below mediocre performance. Um, you know, had 168 yards, uh, went, I guess that's not a bad completion percentage, but he just didn't look good. His passer rating was 73. His QBR is 35. If you, if you, uh, believe in those stats, um, I, I mean, our offense can undoubtedly use a spark, a Kenny Pickett type spark. Um, it's, we're recording Tuesday night. And I imagine Thursday, we're not gonna. He's not gonna. We're not gonna see an announcement before Thursday's game. Kenny's gonna be the starter. It would make sense that Kenny 
gets 10 days of preparation for his first start starts week four, a game that we will see Mitchell in person, which would be really cool. I would really like to see that if Trubisky has, if, if the offense looks like it did similarly to last week and on Thursday, I have to imagine Tomlin's going to start him. I mean, I don't know. Tomlin's very hard to read, so anything could have truly happen, but I feel like it makes sense. But I'll trust Tomlin no matter what. Um, I talked for a while. Mitchell, you want to you wanna have any, any words here? Sure. Um, yeah, like you said, I just looking at the schedule, uh, even before the season started, like when the schedule came out, week f- like four looked like a good time if it were to happen, just because it's like a mini buy in a way, like not playing for 10 days, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I guess me really excited because you, you just said that we'll be there. And that's just like, I don't know. That would be literally, that would be awesome. Um, and, but yeah, like you said, this week, I, I feel like we would hear some rumblings if it was actually on the table in some way uh, for him to start on Thursday. So I, I'm pretty much ruling that out. Um, let me think. Anything else I want to say? Oh, I had a quote from Bill Cower, uh, which I do. I think I agree with this uh, sentiment from from our, our former coach. He said, Mitch Trubisky is more worried about not making mistakes than he is about making plays. Um, and I feel like that's a, a good way to sum up how he's been playing so far uh, for certain. And for, through the first two weeks of of the year, I just yeah, I just think he's playing not to to hang on to the job, but not to like how right win the job. And I think that right. was like a perfect way of explaining it. In a play to, if you watch the game and you're a Steelers fan, you probably remember this play. Um, a play that I think illustrates that perfectly is it was late in the it was in the fourth quarter, I believe, um, and it was about third and long-ish, I think like third and eight. And I don't know if it was the play call or one of his options was to screen check down to Najee, like ride the line of scrimmage off to the side, like in the slot area. Um, And it was his first read. He immediately went there. Like he hardly looked downfield at all. And that's just indicative or just points to what Mitchell said about Cower. Like, you don't want to make the mistake and just do the easy play, which I don't. It was just so frustrating. Like it's third and eight. We need a first down. And how do you how do you throw a pass that has two air yards? Like I, it doesn't make any sense. Like your mentality going into that play is has to throw past the first throw past the first down markers. Like I don't get it. Um, right. Defensively, it was TJ though. Yeah, I was I was gonna add that, that in a second. It was yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, no sacks. Really, really missing the impact that he brings in the field. Uh, Minka still looked great. He had an interception. Got to mention that, of course. But, and then, I mean, the defense played well overall. Um, I know towards the end, the run game for the Patriots started to get going a little bit. Harris scored in the second half. And when they were running the clock down, um, they kept turning out first downs. So they kind of got worn down a little bit at the end, but overall, I still think the defense played pretty well. The defense um, played well. Like it's also the the rushing touchdown by Harris in the third quarter, I believe. That's was only set up because Olszewski muffed the punt and they had field advantage, like in, within the red zone. 
Like that wasn't the defense fault. Exactly. Yeah, I forgot yeah, they, about they the, gave up the, like what ten to fifteen yards, but like they did. They got the they got uh, the Patriots offense off the field that drive. It was the muff punt that really blew it. So, gotcha. Right. Yeah, I forgot about that. I, I remember the muff punt. I forgot that led directly to the Harris touchdown. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, don't. I mean, it's it's always tough to win on the road Thursday night football. So especially against a division opponent. So I'm sure it'll be another close game. Uh, it just seems like every week the Steelers are playing like one possession games. So I'm sure it's going to be another anxiety inducing game for sure. Um, but we'll see. And uh, maybe we'll see number eight out there when we're, when we're live at Heinz field. Shref, are you coming to that game? You got to come. I, I, I think I'm, I might be there a week after. That's the problem, boys. Ugh. The schedule's all out of whack. The schedule's all out of whack. All right. Well, we'll see. If if it's meant to be, I mean, it's meant to be. I, I will say though. I mean, if if Kenny ends up starting, I'll be I'll be looking for the nearest home game at some point. To well, honestly, what what I mean, what what week is Steelers Eagles in Philly? Well, I'm going to that too. So like mid October, you should definitely come to that. It's the day before Halloween. Yeah, because I mean, okay. I mean, that's that's a point of the year where it could definitely be realistic that he could be the starter, which would just be my two worlds colliding. It would be incredible. Yeah, yeah, should be fun. Um, it's gonna happen. I mean, we saw Malik Willis get the get on the field. So yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> it's gotta guys, be Kenny at some point. Seems like this the Canada. I don't really foresee him getting much better. Uh, and if that's the case, I don't see a way where Trubisky is really going to be able to succeed. So I'd say, yeah. I'd say seeing Kenny this year feels like a foregone conclusion at this point. I know there's no way of this happening, but what if like Ben Roethlisberger came back as the offensive coordinator and Kenny was the, the oh, quarterback? Sick. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Anyway. Sorry, I just had a little bit of a, a fantasy there. Um, is that it? I think I think it's it for the game. Uh, it was pretty. I guess I guess uh, I don't know what the right word. I don't know what my word of the week for the Steelers game would be. Like unsatisfying, disappointing. Boring. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I I think unsatisfying is what I would go with for sure. Because um, it was a game we could have won. Because it was very close throughout. We did have the well, lead at some point. So even without the sacks, that's still what the Steelers defense does. They're just able to keep games close no matter what. Even if right. they're the quarterback. So exactly. Um all right. I think we're on to our next segment, which is week two stats. Jack told Jeff and I not to prepare anything for this because Going he has on. an abundance of stats. So I'm ready to uh be informed. Just, um are we just gonna be reacting to these stats and however we see fit? So how I literally just thought of this like right before we start recording. Um, how I visit's going. I got a ton of stuff written down. I'm going to fly through it mm-hmm. and just go on, go off on a t- week two stat rant essentially. Sure. Afterward, you guys can just um, comment on most notable or anything you want to comment on what I'm going to talk about. Cool. How does that sound? Sure. We're gonna see how this goes. All right, go ahead. And I, I believe I will be mentioning something pertaining to every single game, um, 
not the Eagles or Steelers. Because we talked about those games. Okay. Let's start off with the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills beat the defending Super Bowl champion and the reigning AFC one seed with a combined score of 72 to 17. Also, since the beginning of 2021, the Bills have had three games of 40 plus points and four forced turnovers, which is equivalent to the rest of the NFL combined during that span. I guess, what is that? Uh, 18 weeks. Stupid. 18 games. Uh, Stupid. Ravens, Dolphins, obviously a very exciting one. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the first quarterback to rush and throw for uh, a 70 yard touchdown. Rushing and passing touchdown in a single game. Um, Tua, no other quarterback has thrown for four touchdowns in the fourth quarter since 2007. And I believe this is only the fifth 21 point comeback in the fourth quarter since 2000. Um, also, want to shout out Justin Tucker. He's made 59 consecutive fourth quarter <laughs> overtime field goals, which I felt like that was a crazy one. Um, Colts and Jags. Colts cannot win in Duval, have not won in Duval since 2014. Colts have been shut out three times since 1994, 2017, and 2018, and yesterday, all three by the Jaguars. That is that's um, crazy. That is right. nuts. That, yeah, wow. Makes no sense. Um, Jimmy G. Just want to highlight his contract situation. Each game he plays... At least 25% of the snaps, he earns $250,000 and will earn an additional $100,000 for every win the Niners get for the rest of the season. And he has the potential to earn up to $5.6 million in incentives for the rest of this year. He's lived the best life, um, I think. Or like he one of the he best does. Lives. Kyler Murray ran a total of 86 yards on his first two-point conversion on Sunday. Um, also, the Cardinals... Each of the last seven times they've been a road underdog, they've won outright. Tying the longest streak since the 1980s Seattle Seahawks. Um, what do we have here? Broncos-Texans, a messy game. I uh, wanted to point out that the Broncos were flagged uh, 13 times for 100 yard total of 100 penalty yards, which makes 25 penalties on the year, the most ever in franchise history in back-to-back games. Um, Cowboys Bengals Cowboys defense showed out uh, Bengals still continue uh, their offensive line woes Micah Parsons has the most sacks at 17 in any player's first 18 games um, Panthers versus Giants I guess no concrete stats here just I personally thought this was interesting I saw a lot of similarities in, in, in both of these two teams they both have former high first-round picks at quarterback who have struggled to cement themselves as a franchise quarterback. Also, two former high first-round running backs who've had significant injuries throughout the past several seasons. A wide receiver group that has had some questionable usage decisions by coaching staff. Uh, what I'm referring to is Kenny Galladay uh, just not being played nor targeted. And I sent some frustration there, as well as Kadarius Tony, who they spent a first-round pick on hardly a year ago. And then on the flip side, the Panthers, 
I'm trying to figure out what's up with LaVisca Chenault. He's been inactive the past two weeks. <laughs> I, I don't even think it's injury-related. Uh, I am very confused why trade for him and not use him. They could really use him. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball for both teams, I feel like they both have a few notable pieces, uh, but are overall not too strong. Giants edges went out thanks to Graham Gano's revenge game. Went 4-4, kicking the ball. Uh, but what do we have next? Falcons-Rams. Falcons, almost on the flip side of history. At one point, they had a 0.3% chance of winning, according to Next Gen Stats, with seven minutes left in the third quarter, trailing by no other score than 28 to 3. Almost completed the comeback, didn't. Unfortunate. Um, Packers, Bears, don't want to even say much about this game. Get the Packers, Bears off prime time. Packers dominated. Um, I just looked up the Packers career record or franchise record against the Bears. It's 104 to 95 and six ties. Uh, Lions commanders battle of the 2016 NFL draft. You don't think about those two went back to back Wentz and golf because they've been on a total of what four teams combined since then. Also Hutchinson with three first half sacks is impressive. Looks good. Uh, last game I have is the Browns and Jets. Nick Chubb could have won them the game. Instead, he chose to score his third touchdown, which I'm not mad about since he's on my fantasy team. Uh, also, Flacco looked surprisingly good down the stretch, and he is third in the league in passing yards, trailing Carson Wentz and Tua Tagovailoa. Like That's all I have for you. <laughs> wow, that was beautiful. It was great. I'm trying to think what I want to what I want to talk about. Um, oh. I know I was uh, I was being I, w- I was being very vocal about this. I don't know if I was vocal to you guys, but I might have just been vocal to myself about it. Um, I'm tired of seeing Kyler Murray bail out of Kingsbury. I'm tired of it. I'm really tired of it. Kyler, I, I understand like he people were able to get their jokes off on him about the whole contract situation, but he's a really good quarterback. He's a really good quarterback and like just a just a playmaker. And I just it it infuriates me how like Kingsbury I just don't just don't like him I just don't I don't think he's very good. Um, it, there. Yeah, it's just like I. Th- it's going to come to a point, and like we saw it last year when they got off to that hot start, everything was clicking, and then you kind of saw the wheels fall off. But this year it looks like I mean they are they are scratching and clawing their way through these games, and Kyler's only going to be able to do so much, and. Uh, I think Kingsbury could be. Uh, I think we probably highlighted this already. I think Kingsbury, outside of maybe a couple other guys, could be a a big time like mid season firing candidate, depending on on how their next kind of stretch of games go. I don't think. I think he's safe. Maybe safe for the se- like. Okay, for, I'll, I'll give it to him full season. But I, he just long term. I don't think he's a solution. Like I, I don't. It's. They extend him to 2027 in March, so like it, it has to be like a, an Urban Meyer type situation for him to get fired midseason. So he's safe this year. Um, you agree with my sentiment, though. Yeah, he's not good. And I saw a tweet that someone—I guess this is real. Everything on Twitter is real, but um, I'm pretty. It'd be funny if it is real, and I want to believe it's real. He said, "Uh." A draft, a scout, or a draft analyst, like pre-draft, said what he said about Kyler Murray running is that he runs, he runs like a toddler who stole his parents' phone. 
and like i just feel like that's perfect and it's really funny it's very true but he does it so fast <laughs> yeah because he's so much smaller than everyone it looks like it yeah well and his legs go super quick too yeah i just want to say in regards to this um I don't know if we said that this coach was better than the other coach, but I think we kind of maybe implied or inferred it. And I just want to say that I'm very embarrassed that I even kind of led this Anaheim? charge. Anaheim. Yeah, we did the clip. You led this yeah. charge. I, we led the charge. Um, you did. I don't know if I went as far to say that Kingsbury was better than him, but I was def- they were definitely closer in my head than they should have been. That and also, I feel like it was more at the time, which I don't agree with now, of me being low on Shanahan as opposed to higher on Kingsbury. Yeah, um, but either good. way, it was just it was just bad, bad uh, narrative yeah. that was driven by me. So my apologies. So I just <laughs> wanted to bring that up. Um, all right. Yeah, I, I, I guess the only thing I, I mean, obviously, that was a great that was a great Jack. There was a lot of information there, a lot of dense uh stuff and you know a lot to take in um but yeah the golfers wentz thing was interesting too because i did i did, literally didn't even think about it. it was the battle of the 2016 draft because like it didn't even cross my mind whatsoever so that's funny um all right wait can we also before can we also shout out um arthur smith is now two for two on on bad post game quotes um you would think you would think uh <laughs> what, what was the exact quote uh we're not uh th- this was in regard to kyle pitts having two catches for 19 yards uh in back-to-back weeks um he said that this isn't fantasy football we're trying to win football games um you're own two I, bro <laughs> no i'm I, i'm i'm not gonna claim to have ever like you know studied like fully studied x's and o's and you know how how teams can set up like a game script and things of that nature but I, you know, you'd have to imagine that Kyle Pitts having more than two catches would probably give you a better chance at winning the game, right? Yeah. Like maybe, maybe you can say that if you had two dominating wins, but you yeah. have two losses in real life. <laughs> you have two losses. Maybe and you two... should start. Maybe he should start playing, treating it like a fantasy football. I don't know. Yeah, I, I it, just a just a, he's he's two for two because his his quote last week was the whole. Uh, you guys have already been writing us off, so keep doing it. It's like, well, yeah, dude, you just, you just blew a, you just, you just blew a lead in week yeah. one against your, against your like bitter rivals. So I don't know. It just, I feel like he should just put his foot in his mouth for once in a while, maybe. He thought he thought that like the fact that they covered was good enough. So what do they call him? FedEx man? Because of his dad or UPS man? What does his dad own? I think it's FedEx. Yeah, FedEx, FedEx man. It's a good nickname. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well. Sounds like he won't be struggling for cash when he's fired at the end of the season. Yeah, no, he'll be so. fine. He'll be okay. I actually don't even know if he'll get fired at the end of the season. But he probably we'll won't. But it's just it, it's more just not a good look. The yeah, games or whatever. Yeah. But if you're gonna lose those two games the way you did, and then say those things, it's like, come on, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you just gotta say like, pretty much like, yeah. I mean, getting Kyle the ball is should will probably lead to better success so that's on me or something of that nature yeah, not it'll probably lead to yards and then points as well which normally win you the game so right all right um matchups that we're most looking forward to there's a, a couple that we could certainly pick from as there are every week you know there's always good teams that are going to be pitted up against each other but 
Um, what's up, Shref? You can go first. What's the, what matchup are you most looking forward to? I'm gonna. There's one really obvious one. Really, really obvious. I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave. No, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna take that one. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do Bills Dolphins. Um, I think going into this week, like if you looked at this at the beginning of the year, maybe not everyone thought that this was gonna be the matchup that it looks like it's gonna be now. Um, so far, you could argue two of the top what four offenses in the league, including maybe Eagles and uh, Chiefs. I would say, um, Dolphins are getting their toughest test yet. Uh, I mean, Ravens obviously a really good team, we think, but the Bills just every facet of the game seem like the best team in the league, and it's really, really not even close. So obviously, this is going to be their their toughest test yet. Um, they're probably, I would assume they're going to be getting constant pressure on Tua. I think we're going to get to see a lot more uh, improvisation out of Tua. Um, it felt like he had a lot of time to throw in this in this last game against the Ravens. Um, a lot of those deep balls kind of came out of just being able to kind of extend the play. Don't think the Bills are going to let him do that this time around. Um, and then in terms of what I'm thinking the result is going to be, I think the Bills are going to win. But I've doubted Mike McDaniel the last two weeks, and I kind of need to stop doing that. So I have written here that if the Dolphins can win, or let's just say keep it close within a score, but like seems like they have a chance to win the whole game, I would say that they are establishing themselves as a legitimate contender in the AFC. So very excited for that game. I do think the Bills are probably going to pull it out, but in two most electrifying offenses in the game right now, uh, very excited to see how they match up against each other. Absolutely. That was the one I had written down, but we can certainly bring up another one when it gets to me. But Jack, what uh, what matchup are you most looking forward to? I guess other than the... I guess don't say Steelers, because that's obvious. But uh, but um, yeah, or or the Bills. So go ahead. Uh, Packers-Bucks. Rodgers versus Brady. It's always exciting when two of the best quarterbacks go off against each other. Two teams, I'm still, I guess everyone's still trying to figure out this season. Um, Bucks' offense hasn't looked great. Well, how many points did it put up on Sunday? Not that many. I don't remember. 20, I think. Number. What? 20. Wasn't one a pick six, too, though? Was the late one a pick six? I don't know. Regardless, I believe it was because they, I, I don't. Yeah, it was. I just checked. Because um, I know their fantasy defense had 26 points, so I figured they right. had to have gotten one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Bucks' offense hasn't looked great. Um, Packers looked like they got it figured out on Sunday night, but it w- granted, it was the Bears, and they always dominate the Bears in Lambeau Field, so it almost throw it out the window. Like, So I- I'm very interested to see how this goes. Um, granted, Tom Brady's down a good amount of weapons to throw to Evans is suspended for one game unless his appeal holds up, which I doubt it. Uh, Godwin's still out. Julio will probably make him play. You saw who they signed, right, Jack? Uh, they signed Cole Beasley and elevated him off the practice squad immediately. (laughs) Brashad Perriman's catching balls. Brady can make it work with a lot with, with, I mean, with little, so done more with less. I mean, compare it, compare his, uh, receivers now to what Rodgers has right now. Like, it's pretty comparable. Yeah. So just sad. Yeah, so interesting to see what's going to happen there. Is Cole Beasley going to go 
Cole Beasley going to go Julian Edelman mode? Yeah, he might. I can yeah. see it. Yeah, certainly an interesting. Better. Oh, I don't think so. Uh, game I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think those are certainly the top two options for sure. This isn't this isn't necessarily like the cream of the crop, but I think Raiders Titans could be interesting. Two teams that are zero and two, and certainly if they start zero and three, are really really going to ha- struggle to make any sort of significant ground on the AFC uh, playoff race. I know it's we're we're only talking about week three here, but. I think I saw something that only 11% of the teams that have started, even 0-2, have made the playoffs. So if you start 0-3, I, I, I'd be very curious to know the exact percentage of those teams that end up making the playoffs. It's got to be like 2% or less. So yeah, really big hole. Year with those stats, it gets really low as you get to like 3 or 4. Exactly. So, And, you know, two t- Titans obviously was a team that was the one seed last year and was projected to be a fringe playoff team this year. And then the Raiders, especially, I know they were, you know, obviously in the in the monstrous AFC West, but um, certainly a team that had playoff aspirations after making a lot of significant win-now moves. Um, and they, they really should have won on Sunday. It just, you know, some, it, it, was, a, it was an outlier. You know, that shouldn't have happened um, against Arizona on Sunday. So, you know, I think the Raiders are on the road and they're favored by two. So it looks like Vegas likes uh, Vegas in this one. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it should be interesting. See if Derek Henry can get back on track. He had a really atrocious game last night. Did get in the end zone, so salvaged his fantasy performance like just a little bit. But still, he averaged like one and a half yards a carry. So it was it was just rough i mean it wasn't even all his fault anyway because that offensive line looks really really bad taylor lewan exited that game and i don't know what the status of him is going to be for next week and even when he was in there like it was just like he had nowhere to go like he was getting hit in the backfield immediately it's got to um, be so, one of his lowest yards per carries like in a game like ever i feel like right yeah yes. it it was really really bad um so luckily he scored that touchdown uh, and, and I guess if he needed, I think he ended up getting like eight or eight or eight and a half half PPR uh, fantasy points last night. So hopefully that was good enough for you guys. But I'm sure if you, you you see Derek Henry in your lineup, you're expecting him to get at least I don't know twelve to fifteen points. So minimum. Um. So yeah, and Devontae Adams is coming off a relatively. Not Devonta Adams like game. I know he scored a touchdown, but you know he didn't really get many targets and yards and catches. So very uncharacteristic. See if they can get back on track as well. So I just think it'll be interesting and two teams that desperately need a win. So I think it'll, it'll be uh, intriguing. All right, is it time? Time to lock the gates. Yeah, it's time. All right, so. It's lock of the week time, folks. I'll briefly recap how we did last week. Um, And we were discussing right before we hit the record button how we kind of want to go about this um, in terms of, you know, what what order we'll be picking. So we decided that whoever's in the lead uh, will get to decide which selection they will get to be picking. And we're going to do a snake order. So for our, you know, first person who goes gets to pick six, second, fifth, third, fourth, and, you know, Go like that. 
no repeats. We decided last week that we're, we're no longer doing, we can pick the same team. So if, if one of us who's picking later on uh, has their lock selected already, they're going to have to pivot. And we also decided that not this week, but next week, since we're going to do every four weeks, we're going to do a bonus play. And for next week, at least, I don't know if we'll be doing it going forward, but our, our third pick is going to be an, uh, an over-under. So we'll have to think about the games a little, a little bit differently um, in that sense. Last week, just to recap, I went 2-0, and I picked the, hold on, I picked the Lions, I know that. Who else did I pick? Oh, of course, duh, Hmm. 49ers, minus 8.5. So I had the Lions minus 1.5, they won by, I believe it was like 6, 7 points. 49ers, uh, minus 8.5, I believe they won by 20. Hmm, Interesting. Uh, my parlay, I adjusted it to 20. I, I had them to win by 25 plus. Uh, so it didn't quite hit. It was to, to hold the Seahawks under 13 points, which did hit. Uh, but it was also the 49ers to win by 25 plus, which didn't quite get there. But, you know, I, I had the right narrative in line. Um, Shreff split. He went one and one last week. He had an early dub on the Thursday night game when the Chargers covered the four and a half point spread. Um, I was initially thinking chiefs, but I think, you know, throughout the week, as it got closer to the kickoff, I, I certainly saw the value in the chargers there. Um, so that was definitely a good call by you. Um, very close game. Uh, and we'll see if Justin Herbert uh, is healthy enough to play. Cause he definitely did something to his ribs that game. So hopefully he's all right. Does, does have a little bit of a extra rest time, you know, with that, 10 day uh, break in between games. Uh, and also he did have Shreff did have the Ravens minus three and a half. That's a bad beat. Um, yeah, it did, it, did it, one of the worst beats. <laughs> it did look like it was pretty solidified. Um, and if that was the case, Shreff would be sitting at two and two and would have yeah, rebounded. It was, even, it was even one of those things where it got down to it. And then like in my head, I was like, well, like I, I forget what the, what was it? Was it at a score where it could have been, where it could have gone to overtime? I feel like there was a chance at one point. Uh, I don't quite remember because I was, I recorded the Steeler game, so I got uh, to watch the one yeah. o'clock games on delay. So I kind of was out of yeah, whack in terms of what was happening, but woke um, up too accidentally. Yeah. I was, it, he, uh, made a few bad plays early on and I, um, opened my mouth and I shouldn't have done it. And I regret it. Regret it severely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but not as bad as Jack's week as he picked the Bengals to cover seven and a half and they lost outright to Cooper rush. Not a good look. Steelers did not cover two and a half. Um, almost did. Almost did. <laughs> Very did. close. Yeah. yeah. Um, but close is only good enough in grenades and hand. Gr- nope. No nope. horseshoes and hand grenades. Know. There we go. <laughs> I got it. Um, so that brings us to, Myself at three and one, Shreff at one and three, and Jack at zero and four. So, exactly, yeah, good start for me, bad start for Jack. Not necessarily good for Shreff, but still a long, long, long way to go. With that being said, I think I want to go third. Yeah, that's where I would have picked too. I'm gonna go third and also get the fourth selection. So. 
Um, Shref, do you want to go first or second? Mm. I go second. Okay. With that being said, Jack now has a selection of all 16 games in the slate for his first lock of the week. So whatever this is, please fade. Ravens minus three. Jack just stays betting against the Patriots. Yep. Uh, Ravens slash Lamar is mad. Are mad. Going to play super aggressive. And similar to how they looked in the first half, I could very much, very likely see that again. And the Patriots do not have even remotely close to the offensive firepower to match that. So... Ravens minus three. All right. Do you, you guys have like it? that pick or not? Uh, I do. I, I mean, I don't love it. That's her at home, if, which is my only, only turn away. Right. If I had to pick um, that game, I would. I would. I would pick the Ravens. However, I um, I'd, I'd probably stay away from it. it. Was where I would go with it, but wasn't on, wasn't my Raider for lock of the week. It was not, so good for me then. Shref, your first selection here. I'm going to do this. Uh, yeah. Week three. I've waited long enough. I'm going uh, to be biased, boys. I'm going to be biased. I'm going to take the Eagles to cover six and a half against the Commanders for my first lock. Um, Eagles offense has shown uh, that they can kind of do it all. They can run and pass. Defense this past week proved that as long as they're getting pressure, they can force turnovers. The quarterback for the commanders, uh, the Eagles, know very well. And they also know that when he gets some pressure on him in that pocket, it can lead to some unforced errors. Um, and another part of this, uh, we're talking about, I mean, it's a home game for Washington, but someone who has gone to a Washington game against the Eagles in Washington know for a fact that that stadium is going to be about 70% Eagles fans, I would say, from anywhere from 70 to 75% Eagles fans. So pretty much a home game for the Eagles, which I enjoy. Um, overall, yeah, I think uh, I just don't think Washington has the firepower to keep it close for four quarters. So I like the Eagles to win by at least a touchdown. So Eagles minus six and a half is my first lock. Shreff, you're going to love this one. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Mitchell's first lock of the week. We have the Washington Commanders plus wow. six and a half. First time we're doing it this year. I like it. There we go. Um, Explain, so, Mitchell. Whoa. Yeah. So I have a lot of notes here. Um, okay. Carson wins a red game. I'll leave it up for you. I like it. So Commanders plus six and a half. Um, I followed this system a lot last year. And I still think it's a a good place to start when you're thinking of which which bets, which spreads you like the the most. Um, this guy I follow on TikTok calls it. I don't think this is the technical name for it. This I and I like the and I I do apologize to that creator because I do forget his username. Um, but maybe I'll I'll look it up later and shout him out in a subsequent episode. But he dubbed this uh, system called the zigzag theory. Um, it's when you I explained it last week. I just didn't have a name for it. Uh, when you bet on teams that 
didn't cover the previous week who are playing teams that did cover the previous week. Um, and those, you know, I think there's about six or seven matchups that qualify under those parameters this week. And this is one of them. Uh, the commanders did not cover last week and the Eagles did. Um, if you followed this system last year, uh, the record was 65 and 48, which is 58%, and you'd be up 17 units. Um, just to take this a little bit further as well, if within that system, if you if there's an underdog, meaning so the team that the system likes is an underdog, and you bet that team money line, not against the spread, you'd be up 35, excuse me, 33.5 units. Um, and a lot of that is contributed over big upsets. Like you think back la- to last year, you think of the Jets over the uh, Bengals, the Texans over the uh, Chargers, and the Jags over the uh, Titans. Excuse me, Jags over the Colts in the last week of the season. Um, I believe the first three, first excuse me, the first two I mentioned where I think were like ten point underdogs and they won outright. I think the Jags were like fourteen or fifteen point underdogs. And they won outright. So if the system. Like I just said, you'd be up even more units if you just bet the money line of uh, an underdog that the system liked. That all falls under this game right here. Uh, I think this game kind of could feel like a a trap game, if you will, a letdown game for the Eagles coming off a nice dominating week uh, two primetime win. Um, however, you're going on the road facing a divisional opponent. Not for nothing, the Commanders did play pretty well the first two weeks of the season. I know they lost to the Lions, but they were in it. Um, Eagles coming off a short week. And I, I know, you know, Carson Wentz is playing well the first two weeks. i got to give him a little bit of credit here. As Jack mentioned, I think he's second in passing guards in his uh, week two stats. And while I do think he is a mentally weak person, I will say that. And I do think... When it's in Philadelphia, the commanders are definitely going to lose. And I know Shref said it's, you know, it's FedEx field and the away team does come out to it. I still think it's just going to be a little bit different than when he's playing in Philly. But I be think, different sure. yes. So I think that's going to definitely be a guaranteed loss. I'm not even saying the commanders are going to win this game, which I do think it's sneaky. Sorry, Shref. Um, but I do think it's I do fair. think it's I think it's gonna be close and I think it's gonna be closer than six and a half. So I'm going commander six and a half. Can argue with it. Mitchell again. All right. Um this one should be obvious. Uh blindly going with the Lions again. Um plus six against you guys have plus six on Fandle? Five and a half. Five and a half, I think. Don't care, I'll take it anyway. Um, that's all you got. You just got to blindly bet the Lions. That's just all you got to do, and you'll be fine. You're going to at least get one of your picks in this. 13 and, uh, 13 and 6 against the spread, the Dan Campbell era, um, coming off the first win of the season. Contrary to what I just said, this game actually goes against the zigzag uh, system say that. because the Vikings did not cover and the Lions did cover. However, I think the Lions defy that, and I don't care because they're just, they're just cover machines. Um, Vikings also off a short week, uh, not for nothing. They do have to travel from Philadelphia to uh, back home to Minnesota. The Lions beat them last year, uh, so that's something. And DeAndre Swift, he was banged up going into last week, and I didn't hear anything that he re aggravated anything. And he looks like he got out 
um, unscathed. So that's another important factor as well. Um, Lions plus five and a half. Fair. Uh, I'm debating between two. I'm going to do it. I bet against this guy a lot last year. And I'm going to try to give myself some good karma to start off the year here. Um, I'm going to take the Niners to cover one and a half against the Broncos. I wanted that. as my second lock of the week. Um, Jack, you'll love this. The first bullet point I have is Trey Lance Memorial game. Um, I think the team's going to be fired up. You know, they have a fallen brother. It's time to, you know, time to right the ship. Um, Jimmy came in and picked up exactly where he left off last week. Um, offense looked, I mean, great, really good. Um, Broncos, obviously, besides maybe the Colts, arguably the most disappointing team so far this year, obviously only through two games, um, just like struggle on offense, just, uh, can't score in the red zone. Obviously that's been well-documented so far. Um, you have, <laughs> you have fans, you have Broncos fans counting down the clock for Nathaniel Hackett. Um, which is which is a certainly tough. Only two games into your coaching tenure, um, and that was kind of another thing that played into this pick. I mean, I feel like normally Broncos are a good like home field advantage team, but I mean, you you have you have your own fans turning turning their backs on on your coach two games in. Probably not a good sign. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, one and a half is it's it's pretty much a pick them at this at this point. I think the Niners are the better team. I think Jimmy G has that offense uh, rolling just like it was last year. And also not to mention Broncos have struggled on offense and two defenses they've played have been the Seahawks, who everyone kind of thought was going to be arguably the worst team in the league. And then you get the Texans who have played teams close, but it's just clear that the talent of the roster isn't there. So now all of your son, all of a sudden you're playing arguably the best defense in the league the Niners, I think, I think that I think this is probably a closer game just due to nature of the offenses and how they're a little more slow paced and kind of can dunk your way down the field. But I think the Niners win by by more than by more than uh, one and a half points. So Niners minus one and a half is my second lock. Before you go, Jack, um, each one of us has picked the 49ers um, once so far. Week, Jack I picked- did week one. Yeah, Jack did week one. I did last week, and Treff did this week. So, Riding the um, wave. Continue interesting. Uh, Jack, go ahead. The final lock of the week. I would have liked the um, the Forty Nineers, Treff, but you took it. I'm gonna go with. You mentioned they're disappointing, arguably the most disappointing. Uh, I'm betting against that team, going with the Chiefs. That's the one I was debating between. So we're okay. on the same page. Cool. Um, Colts just look really bad. Uh, you know, tying the Texans, then getting shut out by the Jaguars. Like that's two of the three bottom teams last year. Uh, I don't see how they. I mean, not beat the Chiefs, but even come within seven points. I would just I. Although it's, it, I didn't want to choose this game. It wasn't my first choice, but um, I don't feel that bad betting on Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs against this Colts team. Like I think, sure, a touchdown's a lot, I guess, but like, nah, it's not. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I think they should roll. I like that one a lot. And just yeah. to clarify, you did say six and a half, right? Six and a half. Yeah. Colts also, I don't know. They're pretty unhealthy uh, this Sunday. Don't I guess they'll they may rush a lot of those guys back because they're kind of in panic mode. So maybe they're not at full health as well. I imagine I don't know their injury report, but as of Tuesday, so yeah, like, they're just it, they 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 prove. I mean, obviously Pittman being out and everything doesn't help, but they proved themselves as uh, what seems to be a more one dimensional team because Taylor obviously didn't play the way that normally would, and they just they couldn't find anything in the passing game. So yeah, the, the only reason I didn't take the Chiefs was just because I didn't. And love the visual of having two teams to to cover a touchdown. I stayed away from it last second, but I I'd, I'd be shocked if they don't if they don't come out of there with a with like a double digit win. Honestly. All right, there you have it. Just to recap, um, I picked the Commanders plus six and a half and the Lions plus five and a half. Shafted the Eagles to counteract my Commanders pick uh, minus six and a half and the 49ers to cover one and a half. And Jack did Ravens minus three and Chiefs minus six and a half. Uh, I think this is the first time this year that we've done two dogs for one pick, and that's me. Um, so that should be interesting. Um, Eagles game as well. means like 10 times more now, because that's a full game swing we're talking about there now. It really is. So um, that'll be exciting. Uh, any other games you guys want to bring up that you guys like, like that you didn't quite pick for your lock of the week but you do think is an interesting one um that you're leaning yeah. towards i had um i had the i had the cowboys covering two and a half against the giants yeah you mean you look if, if someone would have told you um before the season started that the giants would be two and a half point favorites you probably would have guessed that dak would be hurt and you'd be correct so yeah um, i mean it's just for me it's just uh giants have obviously won two games pretty pretty in pretty impressive fashions honestly um but also on the on the flip side of it they were playing the titans offense which after this past week seems like they might be one of the worst offenses in the league and then the panthers who might legitimately be the worst offense in the league so i mean kind of a small sample size in terms of the defense that they've been hyping up it's still clear that the offense just isn't where it needs to be so cooper rush showed me enough to warrant saying that i think the cowboys cover that game and probably win it outright Okay. Yeah, two other games that I liked. Um, I really liked underdogs this week because two the other two I'm going to mention, my honorable mentions, uh, are underdogs. Texans I like, plus yeah. three. Um, just because, I mean, the, the Texans are scrappy. Texans are scrappy, and they, they've covered two weeks in a row. Um, and, you know, they just, they just look a lot better than the Bears, I think. Mm. Um, and I, I think this game, honestly... I think this should be a pick 'em to me. I, I don't uh, think. I don't think it should be uh, money line. Exactly. So, and they're three point underdogs. I I will take yeah. that all day. Um, and another one I liked. I oddly, I I just think the Bucks are looking a little rusty right now. And that was the other one I had, Mitchell, we had the same too. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. think the uh, I think the Packers plus two and yeah. a half is interesting as well. I like them to offense. win that game. Bucks offense so, is scaring me big time. Yeah. So I I, I, I like that as well. I. I I thought someone might go in that direction. And if you guys had, you know, maybe poached some of my picks, um, I might've looked, looked to them. So I like, I like, uh, those are four dogs I mentioned. So, yeah. 
I wonder what a parlay with all four of those teams' money line: Commanders, Lions, Packers, and uh, Texans. That'd be interesting. So, Commanders line would probably make it a a big yeah. Problem. All right, Jack. Do you have anything else you like or no? Oh, uh, look! Looking at a lot of these lines or these spreads, like I feel like there's a lot of tough games this week, and a lot of ugly games. I feel like like Saints Panthers ugly. Raiders, Titans, ugly. Texans, Bears, ugly. Bengals struggled. Bengals, Jets, ugly. Chargers are going to beat down the Jags, probably. Falcons, Seahawks, ugly. Intriguing matchup that we didn't mention at all with the spread or like matchups looking forward to. And I actually kind of am the Rams and the Cardinals. Um, I feel like Rams have looked shaky at times. Obviously got blown out in week one, then let the Falcons come back on them. Uh, Cardinals, they showed that they're capable of overcoming a large deficit, so I feel like that game could be very interesting. That's why we probably didn't pick it for lock of the week, because it's tough to bet on. I feel like it's kind of unpredictable. Um, yeah. Rams qualify under the uh, zigzag. Yeah. They do. So, that's interesting. All right. There you have it, folks. Um, tail us, fade us, both at your own peril. Um, and you will see. We'll see how it goes. Another another week of football. And we just have to remember to take a step back and enjoy this. Let's not get caught up in the weekly grind because, you know, we wait six plus months for this. And it's then it's, it's, it's all gone. So we got to take it in and enjoy every moment, enjoy every week. Um, so... Just a beautiful time of the year, and luckily we're st- we still have, you know, fifteen weeks of regular season football plus the playoffs. It's uh, you know, it's awesome. It's great stuff. Uh, thanks for listening, Hogline Nation. Follow us on Instagram at Hogline Podcast and TikTok at Hogline Podcast. Um, and we will see you next week with um, our regular scheduled program. See you. Maybe, maybe a Kenny start. <laughs>